Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. So, our first episode of the new decade, a little bit later, we will go into the big question of the day. Is the Patriots dynasty over? But for right now, we will start with the Texans game. A crazy finish on Wild Card Weekend against the Bills. And Rodrigo, what was your opinion of the game on the whole? Well, obviously, it was an incredible comeback of Deshaun Watson, really carrying the team on his back. And throughout that first half, it looked like this game was going to be a repeat of last year's wild card game against the Colts. The Texans' offense got a lot of times to around the midfield area, but they could not convert on big downs. The Bills were sending a lot of pressure. The O-line could not hold up against that very good Bills defense. And as a result, Deshaun got sacked seven times in the game, and they, they just could not score at all. But what really kept the Texans in the game was their defense. Besides that masterful opening drive by the Bills with that John Brown touchdown pass to Josh Allen, the Bills could not get into the end zone. And at halftime, it was only 13-0. And what really changed this game was J.J. Watt. The impact he has not just on the game, but on the mentality of the players and their belief that they can win the game is astronomical the play that changed the game was on third down with the bills about to score sacking josh allen the score was still 13-0 and it was about to be 16-0 but as a result of that sack everyone in the building got excited everyone thought the texans might have a chance to come back and they did thanks to Deshaun Watson, who did not have a first good first half but he came out in the second half and played incredibly. I mean, everyone's talking about the, the sack escape in overtime, but one of the most impressive plays was when he literally had Bill's players on his back and he carried them into the end zone. It was an incredible comeback. And But, however, it was almost ruined by the decision to go for it on fourth and one, which I'm sure Jacob will get into later, which I don't understand when you can kick a 47-yard field goal to push the lead to six, why you would go for it on fourth down. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. The point is the Texans came back. Deshaun was incredible. But one of the things that the Texans have to do next week is start off better. Because against Kansas City, against Patrick Mahomes, against that rebuilt Chiefs defense that has been elite in the second half of the season, the Texans cannot score zero points. The Texans are going to need to come out better in the first half, and only if they do that will they have a chance against the Chiefs. This is the type of win that I think the Texans really needed. This is, to me, a signature win right now for Bill O'Brien and this Texans squad because it wasn't against – the Ravens or the 49ers or some really, really good team out there. But it was because of the way they won this game. Coming back from so far behind, this is a game that makes you feel good as a Texans fan because now you know that this team is never going to quit. They have belief in themselves, and that's what you need maybe more than anything, especially in playoff football. So I think they're going to go into Kansas City with a lot of confidence. They're obviously – I don't think they're uh, highly favored. I think a lot of people are taking the Chiefs in this game, but they believe in themselves and what they can do. And I think that's what you need 
This Texan squad is very talented. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but they need to believe that they can win because for so much of the Texans' existence, they've gotten to the playoffs and had a first-round exit and just never put things together. But I think this win shows that the Texans are really coming together. But I do agree for the Texans to win next week. They must start better because the Chiefs are a much, much better team than the Bills, and their defense has been very strong in the latter half of the season. They've gotten better and better. The last six games the Chiefs of the season, the Chiefs' defense has been progressively better, and so I think the Chiefs' defense will be a very formidable task, much harder than it was uh, midway through the season when the Texans beat them. So I think it's going to be important to get off to a hot start because if you don't, I think the Chiefs' offense will be too much to overcome, and you won't be able to have you, your defense, the Texans' defense, will not be able to hold that Chiefs' offense to make another comeback like that. So I have a few things I want to say. First off, as Rodrigo mentioned, one of the greatest factors to that game was J.J. Watt. And I just want to add on that I heard um, – I saw an article that a player said that during the week J.J. Watt made a speech to his players, and it was so powerful. Some of them started crying. So it just shows how important he is to the team. And him being back, as Rodrigo says, isn't only an advantage on the field, but off the field for their momentum and their mentality. But then also – on that fourth and one play, I couldn't have disagreed more with what the Texans decided to run. Now, here's the reasoning. If you kick a field goal there, you're up six points. And though it is possible for them to score a touchdown on that, you know, on that drive, their offense had not been playing well that second half. Josh Allen had been obviously been, you know, there was pressure on him. The away crowd was getting to him, at least from what I could tell and I so so I think them being up six points is much better than being up three. <clears throat> Sorry. And then if they would have kicked that field goal and assuming they make it, they get to also kick it off to the other team. So they start in not so great field position. And I don't think that the Bills would they would have been able to pull off a touchdown with that little time. And then also finally, when people say that the about next week's game. When people say that the Texans and the Chiefs played earlier in the year and that the reason the Texans are going to win is because they beat the Chiefs, you can't base it off that game. That game was not a fluke, but the Chiefs are a much better team now than they were. For example, Tyreek Hill in that game, it was his first game back from injury, and they were kind of easing him back into it. He did have that one big catch, but you could tell he wasn't in the playbook as much. And then also Chris Jones, who's their best defender, was and he's our defensive tackle. He wasn't playing in that game, and um, it was a close game. So I do think if I I'm a Texans fan, but if I had a bet on the next game, I would definitely choose the Chiefs. Jacob, I disagree with you about the fourth and one call. I think they should have gone for it. Did they need to do a QB sneak? I don't know. They probably could have run a few different plays. Because it was kind of obvious that they were going to run a QB sneak and the Bills stacked the middle. And so, but really in an NFL game, any quarterback that you're playing in the playoffs, you never want to give them the ball with two minutes left in the fourth quarter to go win the game. You just don't want to give that to any quarterback. Only quarterback I would give that to would be Nathan Peterman. Josh Allen, even though he might be just kind of like an average QB, I don't want to give him the ball to go and win the game because you just see it so often that you kick a field goal, you're up by four or five or six, you give the ball to the other team with the two minutes left, and they just drive down the field and score. 
it's harder to play defense in two minutes because you have to make changes quicker. And the offense, it's a bit easier to make changes, whereas the defense, you're reacting to what substitutions the offense makes. And it's just, I don't want to give the ball to anyone else. And I like the call for going forward on fourth down. Okay, just all I want to say is, JW, you watched the game, right? Yes. Okay, so did you see Josh Allen the second half? I did, and I know that he wasn't playing as well. But still, there's a lot of dudes who can just turn it on for that final drive. If you know, I need a touchdown right now, win the game, a lot of people turn it on right then. Okay, and, you know, most of the thoughts of the game have already been said already, but I just obviously the win shows a lot to the heart and dedication of the Texans. And the, the comeback was aided by a little bit of sloppy pay, play from the Bills in the second half, especially since they're a little young and have some inexperienced playoff players, such as um, some players such as Josh Allen making uh, plays that did not need to happen, such as his lateral in the fourth quarter with like a minute, a uh, minute and a half left when that was just not a situation needed for the lateral. And so the Bills can be back next year. I think they will. Really, really young team with good potential. But for the Texans, you got to move on to the Chiefs, which is a pretty hard game. And so if they can play this the same way that they played in the fourth quarter and the whole entire the whole entire game, they'd have a good shot. But I mean, Andy Reid coming off of a bye week is pretty scary as well. What I have to say that hasn't been said already, going back to the fourth down and one play, I'm thinking that's good play calling because throughout the year we have seen Kaimi Fairbairn not do such an excellent job as kicker. He hasn't been making the long field goals. I know 47 is not necessarily a super long field goal, but it's not short either. It's about like every kicker in the NFL should be able to make a 47-yard field, field goal very consistently, and I just don't think Kaimi's been meeting those standards. So I think it was smart that the Texans went for the fourth and one play. The only problem I have with it is if they saw that they're, like, I guess stacking the middle, you could have just called an audible, I guess, or just changed the play a little bit just so it doesn't go straight up the middle or just changed something about it or just gone for a different play altogether. Like, never mind. So I agree with the call to go for it on fourth and one, and I even so much as agree with the play call because – all we are looking at is the outcome, which is they did not convert. But if you do convert, you have enough clock and you have enough downs now to where you've gotten your first down. You can run out the entire clock and kill the game. We need, I think, one more first down to be able to do that. No, they didn't need any more first downs. Yeah, The Bills didn't right. have any more timeouts. So you could have killed the game in theory. Also, you have to think that your big guys can go and beat their big guys for at least one yard off the ball. That's got to be the theory. We are better than them. We're going to win this game, and we're going to do it right now on this play. And so that's why I'm not as critical of the QB sneak. Now moving on to the Chiefs, which is also what the Texans should do. When they beat them earlier in the year, they put up 34 points on the Chiefs. That is a lot of points. And I think they have to come out firing like they did in that game and score a lot of points because Andy Reid is going to have a lot in store for the Texans' defense. Well, I think addressing Kaimi, the decision not to kick the field goal, I think Kaimi Fairburn, the later half of the season, had been much, much better. And, of course, in the first part of the season, he was not good. He was missing a lot of extra points. But I think you saw he was pretty darn consistent at the last few games. And so I think that 47-yard field goal, he probably had a very good shot at making it. But 
what I would say about the play call, I don't necessarily disagree with going for it there because you, it's your shot to win the game. I always like, if you have the opportunity to win the game, I would rather put the ball in the hands of your best players to go make a play and win the game. However, I would say Deshaun's strength is not necessarily the QB sneak. Like, he's not bad at it, but what Deshaun is really great at is escaping pressure and being mobile kind of outside the tackles. So what I would say is, why don't you put in Carlos Hyde there? Give Carlos Hyde your feature back, your power back. Give him a handoff or run an option play, either an option to the left or the right, or run an option where it's a fake handoff and then Deshaun can tuck it and run if he needs to. That gives you more options on that play rather than just allowing the Bills defense to crash the block. So now our big topic for the day. It is a question that is on everyone's minds in the football world. Is the Patriots' dynasty over after a wild-card loss to the Titans? I say no, and here's the reason. There's a couple reasons. I think a lot of people say the Patriots' dynasty is over because Tom Brady is either going to leave. Uh, he's not going to retire, obviously, because he said he's going he's to be – he's leaving, or if he resigns, he's not going to be good enough. But here's the thing. Even if Tom Brady leaves, the Patriots are going to be able to still play football. It's not like, what, is Bill Belichick not there anymore? He is still the greatest head coach in the game ever – Probably, and he, they still have they they have their backup from Auburn. His name escapes me right now. Who's had a year under Tom Brady to learn and develop, and I think he could be good. But you can always go out and get a QB later on. I think the Patriots are still going to be a, a very viable franchise without Tom Brady because they have Bill Belichick. However, I don't think that's a scenario that we're going to see for a couple more years because I think Tom Brady will resign with the Patriots, and I think Tom Brady will play much much better next season. Because he had no weapons, nothing, no talent around him. The only person he had was Edelman. And you saw in that Titans game, when you needed a big play, he threw a perfect pass to Edelman, and Edelman dropped it. The guy who's always been there, who's always been consistent, dropped the play. So sometimes these things just don't work out. Sometimes the ball just bounces the wrong way. I think if the Patriots get more weapons, they get another receiver, somebody needs, they need to bring in somebody to replace Gronk, or if Gronk somehow comes back, then Tom Brady can start to be he can start to throw the ball all over the field now because he has multiple weapons instead of just Julian Edelman over the middle, which we've seen this entire season was all he really had to go to. And I think if you watch the Patriots games this season, you realize it's not because Tom Brady was getting old. It's not like a Peyton Manning situation where he just can't throw the football. No, Tom Brady can still throw the football. He can still air it out. He still throws a tight spiral, and he's still accurate. He just doesn't have the same playmakers as he's normally had. And I think if you get those playmakers around him, you're going to see a much better Patriots offense next year. So to your first point that the Patriots still have Bill Belichick, that's true. But no one's saying that the Patriots aren't going to be good. What we're saying is this is not the same dynasty that can go to three Super Bowls in a row, that can be the most dominant team in the NFL for a span of 20 years. They may still be good. They may still make the playoffs without Brady. But clearly from this past year, we can see no one's scared of the Patriots anymore. They're just not the same team. And you bring up their weapons. This is not a problem the Patriots can just fix overnight. They drafted Nikhil Harry. He's been a bust. Julian Edelman did not play well in that game. And also, Tom Brady. One of the biggest arguments for Tom Brady, and when you're talking about Tom Brady's legacy, is that he's able to be elite without the players around him. So you can't turn around and then when he doesn't have weapons, say, oh, well, he just doesn't have the weapons. The bottom line is 
Tom Brady is not able to carry the team on his shoulders like he has been able to in years past. Sure, you can blame that on the weapons around him, but he just isn't the same player. You just watch him. He's not the four-time Super Bowl MVP. He's not the MVP he was two years ago. He's not the same player. This team is just past its prime. Its players are getting older. Its defense is overrated. It doesn't have the weapons. And Tom Brady is not getting any younger. He's not. Okay. I understand your point about not having weapons when he was 30, 31, 29, when he was still in his prime, when he was maybe the best QB in the league. He was the MVP. But now he's he's obviously getting older and he's not the same player, but he's not he's no he's still an above average QB. If you put any other QB in his position, like if you look at like uh you know, like a Phillip Rivers type guy, you wouldn't say like if Phillip Rivers had weapons like you wouldn't say if Phillip Rivers didn't have weapons around him, you wouldn't blame that on Phillip Rivers. Any other QB, you're kind of because he's Tom Brady, you wanna say that he has to be good with weapons around him. Everybody acknowledges he's gotten older, he's moved on, he's not quite the same player, but any other QB in the league without weapons is still not that good. And so I think if Tom Brady is still an above-average QB, if you put weapons around him, you're going to see an increase in that offense. And I understand that it's not the easiest thing to go out and just replace Gronk, you know, or replace Edelman. I mean, Edelman's still there, but get another actual wide receiver, a feature wide receiver. But I think if you do that, you'll see the Patriots' offense is much better. Plus, you get the benefit of Tom Brady being clutch. And you saw in that Titans game, Tom Brady was clutch. His players just didn't make plays. If Edelman makes that grab to convert that that first down, the, I think the Patriots probably go on to win that game. But it just didn't happen. I think we are seeing the beginning of a new dynasty for the Patriots, still under Bill Belichick. I think they can get a quarterback in free agency, uh, maybe like a Teddy Bridgewater guy, or maybe Drew Brees if he leaves New Orleans. And get a quarterback in the draft, you know, groom him for one year, then put him, then have him play uh, the next year. And then they need, because I just think they need a bit too much, and Tom Brady's not going to come back because they need, you know, a number one wide receiver. They need a tight end. They need a bit help, a bit of help on the front seven for the defense. They need some more O line help. And I just don't think that Tom Brady wants to come back if. Next year, they're going to be kind of in a rebuilding, but they're going to reload the team, and uh, in two years, they're going to be back to being a dynasty under a new quarterback, um, you know, maybe like uh, the guy from Oregon, uh, Justin Herbert, and I think that it's the third dynasty because, you know, the Patriots, they won a few when Tom Brady was really young. Then they won about. Then they won three when Tom Brady was really old, and now Tom Brady's going to leave. They're going to have Herbert in there, or maybe Jordan Love from Utah State, and he is going to bring them more Super Bowls. And the Patriots are going to be still good. So I agree with you that the Patriots will continue their dynasty. What the Patriots are going to do, they are going to be able to reboot the team while still making the playoffs. And here's how. They already have Julian Edelman, who, while he is becoming more of a veteran wide receiver, does not have the speed or um, the physicality. He is still an old guy with a bag of tricks that he can really make good plays, run good routes. They picked up Mohamed Sanu this year. I think next year he is going to have a very big impact on that team. 
I think over the offseason, they will sign a tight end. And while James, and James White is still there, one of the best catching backs in the league. I think Jarrett Stidham's time, it might be Jarrett Stidham's time to shine in a couple years. I think when they reboot the third dynasty, that's what we'll be under. I think Brady comes back. He takes him to the playoffs, maybe gets him to a couple AFC championship games. They Brady retires at 45. They reboot under Stidham with a solid team, and then they win another Super Bowl in the next four years. So the only reason, there's one reason why I don't think the Patriots dynasty is over. It already ended. Okay, I thought it ended last season because last season they were a good team, right? This season, you can tell that they are starting to fall apart. Okay, in the beginning of the year, the Patriots defense, they looked like they were the best defense. People were comparing to them to the 85 Bears and saying they were even better. When they, in really, they played the worst teams in the NFL. And Tom Brady, although people have been saying he um, didn't have as good wide receivers, which is true, Tom Brady during like the prime of this dynasty would have been able to be amazing with those wide receivers that he has this year. It's obvious Tom Brady age is finally catching up to him. And it's obvious that this defense, although people thought was amazing is not as good as they thought they were. And honestly, uh, there are rumors going around that Bill Belichick might not be the Patriots head coach next season. And I think if that happens, I mean, this team is over. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. Signing off for now and saying goodbye, I'm Jack Ringgold.